Insightful podcasts by informative hosts. Insights into things. A podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights and Entertainment. This is episode 70, A Splash of Soccer. I am your host, Joseph Whalen, along with Dorothy, my cat, and my energetic and entertaining <laughs> co-host, Michelle Whalen. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Pirates have... Uh, Parrots and podcast hosts have cats, right? Sith Lords have cats. Sure. Why sure. Not? We'll go with that. Yeah. She seems content, so we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's very sphinxy looking up there. Yeah, sure is. So, so how are you doing this week, sweetheart? Uh, doing okay. It seemed like it was a very long week. It, it like, did. <laughs> like, it went a day longer than it probably should have. Yeah, yeah. Just very, very long and, you know... This and is it one was of like those weeks where Friday should have got here on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, and like Saturday, it's like, oh wow, it's like halfway done already. Right, and now the weekend's like gonna just nothing. blow through. <clears throat> yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so we've got some information in our Disney Detective this week uh, about Disneyland reopening, mm-hmm. which is good news. Yeah, and then ESPN Wide World of Sports will be. Uh, Hosting uh, Major League Soccer, mm-hmm. in addition to the NBA story we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And then Disney fans are angry at Splash Mountain. And we'll talk about why they are. In our entertainment news, uh, Trump's Space Force apparently lost a trademark uh, battle to Netflix's Space Force. Uh, I think the real <laughs> toss-up is which one's more of a joke. <laughs> That's a good one. So, uh, And then we'll finish up with our insightful picks of the week, mm-hmm. like we usually do. Yep. A couple of good ones this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, ready to get into it? Sure, let's do it. All right. Go for Disney Detective. So news came out this week that Disneyland now has a opening date uh, for when they're going to be opening their parks. So it seems that uh, Disneyland and its sister park, Disney's California Adventure, will both be opening on July 17th. And this is the 65th anniversary of Disneyland's opening. Um, So the Anaheim theme parks will open a week after the Walt Disney World parks in Florida will be opening. Everything is still kind of pending with it, but it looks like, you know, this is where things will be going. Um, The park's signature parades, nighttime shows, and meet and greets with characters will not resume immediately, but characters will be roaming the parks. And that's pretty much what they're doing in, in Florida as well um now as of right now reservations haven't opened up yet 
Um, I guess they're probably dealing with people that already had reservations and trying to confirm uh, or cancel those existing to kind of see. Um, the downtown Disney district that uh, California has, um, which is the entertainment and enter uh, shopping area, that's actually planning to open on July 9th. So they haven't had anything open where in Florida they already had Disney Springs open uh, for a little while before the parks actually started opening. Now, three of the hotels in the Disneyland complex are actually scheduled to open on July 23rd, also pending government approval. Uh, those are the Grand Californian Hotel and Spa, um, Paradise Pier Hotel, and Disney Vacation Club Villas, uh, which is the timeshare that's down there. Uh, Disney has not said, though, when Disneyland Hotel will reopen. And that was the original hotel. So as of right now, they're not opening up um, everything. Um, obviously, it can't come soon enough because Disneyland is the largest employer of the Anaheim area. So here, you know, now that they're starting to get back to opening that's obviously putting a you know a, a huge amount of people back to work which which is a good thing so glad to hear you know things are slowly uh starting to come back uh for for disneyland now have they announced any restrictions on there <clears throat> like i know when we talked about uh universal orlando mm -hmm. their initial opening was just for pass holders right they were just for pass holders and this is they haven't really come out with too much yet i'm guessing it's probably going to be pass holders uh vacation club owners you'll probably like i said if you already had a reservation they're probably going through because i'm sure a lot of people canceled so they're probably trying to figure out how many people they can have in in the parks um, we know shanghai opened at about 30 percent capacity i'm sure um, Universal's been been doing the same. Disney World will be probably doing, you know, the same. So they'll, you know, I'm sure California is probably sticking to that as well. And again, since it's, you know, a week after um, Disney World will be opening, I'm sure they're going to be having a lot of the same, uh, you know, policies, right? You know, in place. So now the week delay for Disneyland. Was that a Disney-imposed delay, or is that a California? Or I don't know. It didn't. It didn't say in okay. in the article or anything that I saw. It might have just been the California, yeah. um, because basically every state is is doing their own thing. You know, we happen to live in New Jersey. Every week, there's another update of what can be open. As far as for theme parks in our area, we we have a couple. They haven't even been allowed you know, to open up yet. Uh, I do know, um, as a matter of fact, the Cape May Zoo, obviously not a huge, huge draw, um, but they actually were opening up today. Um, limited amount of people, mask, not required, but suggested, um, you know, but in terms of we have Six Flags Great Adventure, um, they haven't, you know, mentioned anything about those dates being open we were down at the jersey shore the other weekend none of the amusement rides you know were were up and running you know it was very limited things so it's probably a you know week by week thing and, and you know i i think seeing someone like disney um be the 
the the leader, mm-hmm. the nationwide leader in in opening up first, is probably a good thing because they've got probably the most resources available to do it right. Oh, absolutely. And to test the waters mm-hmm. for everyone. And kind of see how things go. Now, I know uh, one of the stories when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with California not really knowing what dates, obviously Disneyland wasn't the only one affected. You had Six Flags out there. Uh, you have Knott's Berry Farms. You have Universal out there, too. Um you know, I haven't seen anything pop up with with those dates, but you figure if you know the state of California is saying this is when you can open up, I'm sure they're probably you know, and they might be kind of holding back, going, you know what, let Disney do it first, exactly. and let's kind of see how how it goes, and then if it seems to be going okay, maybe we can kind of you know follow suit. Okay, well, cool. So tell us about uh, Major League Soccer coming to... So, you know, as we talked about, you know, for a couple of weeks about the NBA was going back and forth and we were saying, hmm, I wonder what other sporting events they could hold. And it seems like Major League Soccer will resume their 25th season at Walt Disney World uh, Resort at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Um, It will be uh their tournament uh will be from july 8th to august 11th and the unique tournament will include all 26 clubs competing in a continuous schedule of 54 total matches that'll take place nearly every day the matches will count towards the 2020 mls regular season standing and the tournament winner will earn a spot in the 2021 championship league match um the event will be held without spectators in attendance uh will be staged with an emphasis on the safety and health of all the players coaches staff crew and cast members um previously the espn wide world of sports complex hosted the 1998 uh mls preseason as well as other events in 1998 and 2019 their all-star game so it's not like they haven't done it before this is the first time that they're actually hosting the whole season so it sounds like uh why world of sports is going to be a pretty crowded place <laughs> yeah it, it really does and you know what it's a beautiful area you know oh, for the the facility, couple of times yeah. that that we've been there during marathon weekends it almost seems a shame that they don't have more, you know, going on. But, uh, you know, I guess during the year, teams are actually playing in their perspective uh, home stadiums, which makes sense. But it's nice to see it, well, it's getting a you When know, you it's don't have used. to worry about playing for fans in a local venue, True. you can all go to a centralized location and do right, that. Right, right. The only thing is... What kind of feel does that have? I mean, it's almost like a high school, you know, soccer match at that point. Yeah, in time, you know? and 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 that's the thing is, I really didn't spend too much time outside. Maddie was actually the one that ran when she did her uh, her uh, two mile or one mile. Um, I can't even remember. I think it was yeah, one mile. She she did it outside and she did it around kind of the area so you know again i'm not really sure how many teams they can play at one time um 
or whatnot. So. Yeah, and I'm curious how the facilities are situated for um, the the filming of it because obviously they're they're filming this for and that, television. And that's the other thing. I'm sure they're they're you know they're going to be filming it, so it'll be interesting to see. Whoop, technical cat. <laughs> it'll be interesting to to see. Um, you know, are they doing anything live? Or are they just taping it? to to show at another time you know like how many matches are they doing you know at the same time are they doing multiple matches at the same time or is it you know you have this two hour slot you have this two hour slot you have you know like yeah because they have several fields there that you mm -hmm. could have going at one time yeah and you figure they're they have to play 54 matches in you know a little over a month, so there's obviously going to be multiple matches, yeah. you know, uh, on a given day. So should be interesting. It, mm -hmm. it might be uh, an interesting experiment into how the new normal is moving forward. Yeah, and and that's the other thing too with like the NBA. You know, they're going to want to broadcast those, you know, matches, uh, you know, those games as well. Yeah. Because as we've been saying, everybody's starved. You know, to, to watch are desperate them. for things to bet on is what it is, really. <laughs> well, that too. So, again, you know, maybe you're going to get a whole bunch of new NBA fans, and maybe you're going to get a whole bunch of new soccer fans from yeah. it because they and can't. Since they're all going to be in the same area at the same time, you might get some crossover. Exactly. Be like, hmm, you know what? I never saw you play before. I kind of like you now. Yeah. So, should be interesting. Yeah, should be. So tell us about Splash Mountain. So obviously the climate of the world today with, with everything that's going on, um, there's, how do you say it, uh, you know, gently, I guess. Um, things are changing and for the good, you know, it, it's a long time coming, um, and, you know, now things that, you know, haven't been talked about are being talked about. And again, I think it's for for the best. So Splash Mountain is a mainstay at both Walt Disney World in Florida and in Calif and Disneyland in California. Um, and it stars animated characters from Song of the South, which is a 1946 film that has long been criticized for being uh for stereotyping the spiritual black man and his seemingly nostalgic view of the antebellum south so if you've never seen the movie there's a good chance you know not many people have because it's one of those movies that they've never re-released it it never came out of the vault um just because it has very racial undertones because it takes place during the South during reconstruction. And so again, people know the songs from it. People know some of the characters. And when the ride, um, was, was built, they, you know, they picked characters from it. Um, but again, it doesn't tell the whole story of, of the movie or the time period. Um, so there are fans now seeing all these changes going around in, in the world, not just our own country, but, you know, in, in other countries as well. They kind of feel that Disney should scrap any mention of Song of the South 
in in the ride that they should reimagine it and and change it up um you know and some of the issues that they have is that splash mountain uh stars brer rabbit and brer fox along with ducks and chickens and frogs who share their southern home and it culminates obviously with the tall drop that sends uh you know riders through and it ends with a grand finale of um the main song from it zippity doodah um, so the film has been criticized for its romanticizing view of the post-Civil War South. Um, and that, you know, they're basically saying that, uh, you know, the movie, ro- you know, again, romanticizes the nostalgia for a plantation life in the Reconstruction era. Um, so according to Encyclopedia Britannica, um Br'er Rabbit was a figure in African folklore that traveled with the slaves to the U.S. And then in the mid-19th century, um, the author Joel Chandler uh, Harris took the character and popularized it in stories that adapted the dialect that he picked up from the slaves. His stories were narrated by an old black man named Uncle Remus, who regales uh, the son of a plantation owner with stories about Br'er Rabbit and his animal companions. And that's what the Song of the South movie is based off of. It's based off of, you know, this older gentleman telling stories about these characters that were handed down from slaves. So that's where the controversy of the movie comes. But again, Uncle Remus isn't part of the ride. It's only, you know, the animals that are are part of the ride and the song. So that's where, you know, there are some Disney fans. Now, again, some Disney fans are like, keep it. It's fine. There's nothing, you know, wrong with it, where there are others that say, you know what, you've reimagined other rides, why not do this one for, for a change? Um, you know, and, and again, it's not like they haven't done it before in the past. Um, you had the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror in California. Now, granted, it was basically just a, hey, we're going to change up this ride, and they changed it to um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, But if you do recall, there were issues with Pirates of the Caribbean, where for so many years, you know, the women were being auctioned off, the women were being chased around, and they went in and they changed it. So now women are the ones chasing some of the pirates. And when they're doing the auction, it's not people, uh, the, the women aren't being auctioned off as brides, the people are being, their stuff is being auctioned off. So they've kind of PC'd the version of that ride. So there are people that have been saying you could totally keep the Southern aspect of it, but change it to a Princess and the Frog themed ride, because you have this, you know, movie, uh, you know, to, to take from if you wanted to, to retheme it. So again, you know, some people are saying just leave it alone. It's fine. And then others are saying, you know what, maybe it's time for a change. So, well, and you and I talked about this mm-hmm. earlier and, and my stance on it is I don't think you need to change. You don't need to retheme the ride. I think if anything, this is an excellent opportunity to educate people, mm-hmm. to bring in, you know, appropriate elements mm-hmm. 
because the movie itself does talk about a heritage. It talks mm -hmm. about black heritage. It does it in a way that could be demeaning and insulting. Mm -hmm. But I think you can easily overcome those objections by theming your message to be more inclusive mm -hmm. and more understanding. And I think this is an excellent opportunity that Disney has to take something that for whatever reason is becoming controversial and use it to try to help the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, don't back down and don't change it because people are complaining. Reframe the way the message is of the ride so that, mm -hmm. so that you can educate people and bring awareness to these issues and right. try to make things better. Don't mm -hmm. hide from it. Right. Let's bring it to the light. Mm -hmm. Let's let's try to solve some of the problems that we have with this because people are now, I mean, use the publicity that you're getting from mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And then use it in a way that you can then educate the people that are getting on the ride. Mm -hmm. And turn it into a positive. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best way to go with it. So that's my two thoughts, two cents. Two, two cents, two, two, cents two, two thoughts, thoughts, whatever. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm still flustered by the cat running across the keyboard. She is too. <laughs> so that was uh, all we had for Disney Detective. That was it for Disney. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our entertainment news. seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Star Forge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. So tell us about Space Force. <laughs> so it seems that according to the Hollywood Reporter, the streaming giant Netflix has beat out the U.S. government at securing trademark rights for Space Force in Europe, Australia, Mexico, and elsewhere. And this was kind of funny because you had actually mentioned it uh, to me the other week. Um, that now we were going to start seeing uh, T-shirts and things, and that Netflix actually was the one that got the the trademark. Um, so far, uh, the Air Force has a pending application based on an intent to use, though nothing has been made official. Uh, the U.S. operates a first-to-use trademark registration system, which is based on actual use of commerce opposed to first-come, first-serve, like every other country around the world. Um, what's kind of funny is I've already seen t-shirts uh available at 
you know, box lunch and hot topic with the logo and, and various different things. Um, so the Hollywood reporter uses the example of, you know, a space force jumper being sold in a retail store. Who's actually selling it? Is it the military or is it Netflix? Um, so it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, this is a show that we have enjoyed, you know, watching, um, it definitely makes fun of things, but you know, it, it, it's kind of funny that you know here this farce of you know an agency of our government is you know in this battle you know with with the trademark you know but you know a, an Air Force spokes spokesperson told the publication at this time we're not aware of any trademark conflicts with the fictional program space force produced by netflix we wish netflix and the show's producers the best in their creation creative depiction of our nation's newest branch of the military so it was that was kind of nice of them to <laughs> well it, it seems kind of silly that the u.s government wasn't like smart Prepared, enough you to know. get the copyrights in the other countries. Right, right. Um, because even before the show went into production, from what I've read so far, the, I don't know if it was Netflix or the show's producers, actually consulted the U.S. government okay. to, you know, make sure that there wasn't an issue or anything. And they got the green light from hmm. Base Force, which... <laughs> I, you I can't, can't even say I, I it can't without say laughing. can't say it without chuckling. It's just, it's that silly. <laughs> right, right. Um, but they got the green light mm -hmm. to go ahead with the whole yeah. project. So, so you would think by then. It wasn't like they didn't know it wasn't, wasn't coming on the horizon. Right, right. You would think that would have keyed them in to, hmm. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, well, you know what? That's That's our government. One step behind and two steps over budget. Yep, yep. Uh, but. That was the only thing we have for our entertainment news this week. Yeah, the only other thing that kind of popped up, which, you know, I didn't want to put in, was uh, news of Kelly Clarkson, you know, filing for, for divorce. Uh, there was a, a f kind of a funny, I guess, meme was that, you know, between her and Adele, the, you know, the next breakout. Uh, breakup albums will probably be fantastic, you know. From they can both at least of them. do a duo, right? They they could they could both do you know ex wife uh, thing. Uh, you know, I I've I've been a fan of hers from from the beginning. I've seen her in concert. Um, she's hysterical. You know, I, I don't watch her her daytime show uh, that often. I see clips you know, every now and then. And, you know, she's been in quarantine with the whole family and everything. Um, so it was, it was kind of sad to, to see. So yeah. I guess, you know, that was kind of what, you know, my question surrounded, surrounding this issue was, you know, her career is obviously extremely strong right now mm -hmm. with yeah. the talk show and yeah. everything. She just came out with some new music. Mm -hmm. Is it the demands of her professional career that puts a strain on the marriage or was there well the, something else the only out? thing that that i saw was you know that i guess they had actually put their home on the market in la and they were planning to stay in the montana you know area and i guess try and work on things and i guess again from reading a couple of different articles they've been having problems 
and figured, you know what, let's get away from the L.A. life. Let's, you know, focus on this. And then, of course, quarantine happened and it was like, oh, now we're really all together. And that that actually kind of made it a little worse, I yeah, guess. I could certainly see um, You know, and of course, there are speculations that he's kind of like his dad. Now, his dad was married to Reba McIntyre. And he, like, cheated really badly. <laughs> um, How do you cheat badly? Are there I, different I guess, levels of cheating? I, I guess. Um, and um, so there's speculation that, you know, he, he cheated on her. But again, nothing's come out oh. officially to it because the uh, I think all the court papers are in, in reconcilable differences. So, yeah. so I'm sure more will come out, but... Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So that's it for entertainment news. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with our insightful picks. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. Go for your insightful pick. So my insightful pick is a documentary. Um, I haven't finished it all yet. Um, it was just one of those things I was looking for, for something to watch during the week. Um, and it is called Betty Page Reveals All. Um, it was a documentary from 19, um, uh, sorry, from 2012 about the life and history of the culture and the cultural influence of Betty Page. Um, a lot of the narration, uh, was actually done, um, through audio tape interviews with Paige before she had passed away. Um, and it, you know, offers commentary on her, um, her life growing up and, you know, the struggles that she went through, um, and has interviews with, with various different people. Um, Hugh Hefner happens to be one of them. Obviously this was done before he passed away. Um, other people that she had met, um, other, uh, authors and journalists who have done research on her. Um, she's obviously, you know, one of the, the most, notable pinup models uh and cult icon um she recounts the story of you know how you know her free expression overcame you know government witch hunts which actually helped to launch you know america's sexual revolution um you know and just fascinating to to hear how much she went through and and how many like lost opportunities she missed out on um 
but yet in the end still became, you know, again, this icon. Uh, what was kind of interesting was they did a scene of, of her and they had um, an art show that came out, you know, obviously sometime in probably 2010 or, or 11. And not only all the lookalikes who are copying her look, but just in general, they did kind of a little flash of various um, actresses and models and looks, and she paved the way for so many of them. You can see where her influence, you know, has just, you know, and continues to this day. Um, so really kind of interesting, you know, look at, you know, how, you know, this, this pinup model who most people can recognize her, might not know her name, but, you know, she she's definitely very well known. And again, an interesting backstory and, and how she, she came to be who she who she is. Interesting. Cool pick. Thanks. So my pick this week should come as no surprise is a documentary. It's a very unique documentary and it was one that allegedly you recommended i, I don't recall I you did. recommending I, it. I did actually um, <laughs> i really I, did i will give you credit for it thank you uh it's called history 101 and it is on netflix it is done in a very almost powerpoint kind of way with the infographics that it uses yes and that was one of the things that I remember mentioning to you was that they give you all these facts so quickly that you kind of want to pause it so that you can read right. everything. Yeah. It's interesting. They use, they use these infographics. Uh, they use archival footage uh, and they, they deliver really bite size mm -hmm. history lessons yeah. on scientific breakthroughs, social movements, world-changing discoveries. Uh, the one thing that I did find was that each of the topics that they um, covered were really activist-style mm. historical things. Yeah, yeah. Plastics and pollution and women's lib and nuclear power and stuff like that. So Fast they were, food eating. Fa was yeah, <laughs> it, and, and it was an activist thing True. for yeah, fast yeah. food. Um, it was, I don't know, it, it's kind of, strange collection of topics for the first season mm -hmm. uh, but it was done in such a way that each episode i may have been aware of 70 percent of what they were talking about in there but there was that 30 percent of obscure information right that came out that i was never aware of and the one that i i found <clears throat> i think most informative was actually the women's liberation one yeah that one i hadn't gotten to yet um and they go into a lot of detail that most other documentaries sort of just sort of glaze over mm. and, and don't give the proper depth to it. Okay. Um, and the impact that it's had on history. It's an interesting way to watch mm -hmm. documentaries. Yeah. It, I, what I liked about it was it was kind of the it, – it kept it moving along so it didn't feel like – Oh, it's going to be the same thing. You know, it's a quick nugget in it a way. Is. It's almost like the way that that networks program for children's television mm. at this point, where it's quick hits here and there, and it's, it's always moving. You don't get bogged down, mm -hmm. but 
some people may find it hard to retain that information yes. mm-hmm. because it's so quick and it's it's flashing up in front of you. And and that was again when I watched the first one, which was on fast food. They they basically said, well, this is when Wendy started. And this was when uh, right. um, White Castle and did it. And it was like, huh? It's what? almost like they they have a bulleted list of facts that they have uh-huh, to get in in a to... short period of time. It's like a history sampler. Yeah, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it is. So yeah. it's a very interesting way to to cram all that information mm-hmm. into I don't know, they're like half hour episodes or yeah, forty five so. minute episodes, something yeah. like that. But they cram a tremendous amount of information into it in that short period of time, and and you walk away and you're you feel kind of overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that I almost want to go back and rewatch a couple of these episodes just to, to pick up on the stuff that I couldn't get <laughs> right. during it. Right, to watch the different charts that you missed because you were paying attention to another chart. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but they progress very well mm-hmm. in a very well-organized manner through everything. So mm-hmm. it's presented very well, just very quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is History 101 on Netflix. So that was what we had for today. Did you have mm-hmm. any closing thoughts, anything like that? Um, the only thing I saw, but I haven't seen any real information about it, is obviously we know San Diego Comic Con is not going to be going on this, this summer. Uh, but they are going to be doing just kind of like how Wizards is doing some online free panels. So they've kind of hinted at that. I haven't seen anything official. So once I do, I'll make sure to um, add them into our our show. Okay. Uh, The only other thing I did want to mention is uh, we are now publishing. We have a publication available on medium.com. And they are articles that are more in-depth uh, looks at some of the topics that we're talking about on the podcast, on all of our podcasts, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact. Uh, so you can check us out on medium.com slash insights into things now. Uh, other than that, uh, we do encourage you to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or any of your podcast um, uh, hosting providers. Uh, if you would like, you can check us out on Twitch. We stream uh, six days a week at twitch.tv slash insights into things. You can email comments to us at comments at insights into things.com. We are available in the Twitterverse at insights underscore things. You can catch our video podcasts on youtube.com backslash insights into things. All of our links, show notes, transcripts, and everything else is available on our website at www.insightsintothings.com If you just want the audio version of our podcast, they are at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com Of course, the Evil Empire facebook.com slash insightsintothingspodcast (laughs) And that is it for this week. That is it. Another one in the books. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.